everybody, and welcome to the Future Break Podcast. I'm your host, Peter. And I'm your co-host, Serge. And this is the podcast where we discuss emerging technology, human behavior, and what it all means for the future. Episode 11. Yep. And now, an update. <laughs> Indeed. For those of you listening for the first time, we want to make sure that you are aware that this is not going to be a typical episode. Uh, this is an ep- update episode based on the things we've talked about in the past. Because, so, you know, Peter, things change in the tech industry like in lightning speeds. Well, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the crazy part because this is only yeah. episode 11. And as we were talking before, we believe our official kickoff day, we'd say, was uh, December 27th. December 27th, yep. Yep. Um, we recorded i think prior to the christmas of december 20, 20 23rd or something like that but nonetheless uh that was kind of the official kickoff and that's not even been two months yet yeah yeah and everything that we've and there's been some things we've talked about that have changed since then yeah or exactly. updates to it at the very least and yeah. we want to make sure that you are aware of that um, and so for you listening for the first time, thank you so much for listening in. Um, we will try to make sure that if you do listen to this episode before anything else, we will make sure to try to tell you which episode we were talking about previous to. So you can go back yes. and listen to that um, for more information. But otherwise, you may want to listen to some of the episodes before you listen to this episode specifically. Nonetheless, thanks for all you listening continuously. We want to make sure that we provide some value here as far as what's going on since episode two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> so I like how you just named all them off. <laughs> yeah, right. That's two through ten. All right, jump in. Yeah, um, you know we've uh, it, it's been an interesting journey. I'll just kind of start that way. Uh, this is my first podcast that I'm on. Peter, you've done one before. Yes. Um, yeah. It was called. It's called One Sixty Eight Opportunities, right? Yes. Um, what, what's that all about? So 160 Opportunities was a podcast that I created back in 2011 that at the time I had been going through a potential um, cancer scare that basically made me aware of the fact that I didn't want to wait for somebody to tell me I had X amount of days, months, years uh, to live. And uh, 160 Opportunities comes to the fact you have 168 hours every single week. And so... Back then, it was very much focused on make the most of the 168 hours or opportunities you have every single week. Yeah. Um, so that was <clears throat> my first podcast. I kind of morphed into, honestly, what I had really become passionate about back then and what I still am today. Uh, that kind of online marketing, some productivity. Like I said, you want to make the most of that time. And, yeah. And when you do a podcast or when you do... Um, and do some things online. The nice part about that is it's an on-demand world, so people can listen to it whenever they want to. That also means when you can create something, it doesn't necessarily have to always be um, like a TV show where you have to show up like at a certain time every single yeah. day. Um, so anyways, that was, and long story short. You're still getting pot, like downloads too, right? Totally. Which is awesome. Which is totally awesome, yeah. Because your content is still out there and, and people can right. you know download it and still get it. So for me, like this whole world of podcasting was something I've, you know, I've wanted to do, and I've I've right. talked to you and another one of our podcast friends, uh, Sarah Warner. Right now, podcast. Right now, podcast. Definitely follow her. She's got an amazing fo- podcast. Um, and like I was, you know, we we had a we had a 
a lunch and, and I was trying to figure out what, what, what do I want to talk about? And nothing kind of stuck until I realized that, you know, you and I are already basically talking about the stuff that we're interested in. And, yes. and all we needed was a record, you know, what was to record what we're talking about and, and, uh, obviously provide more research and more, more content. But, um, yeah, so po- podcasting for me has been a really exciting journey and I appreciate you bringing me along. Well, I don't know if that was, it's more so the opposite, to be honest. It was, I think it was hey, Peter, let's go re- go record here. I put, thing. I put the fire under you and we... Which, we, as a true podcaster, yeah. I have a recorder with me pretty much at all times. Yeah, you, yeah, so, you do. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I never know when <laughs> the creativity sparks, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So yeah, that was, that was it. One of the things that maybe you've noticed if you listened to us from the beginning is... In especially in the past two, I think three episodes, we began to try to transition a little bit more into um, kind of giving a little bit more of a story before we kick off the episode. Yeah, uh, that's something new. We, we kind of really do like that. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I it's, I feel like in, before we start talking about what is now. If we give some historical context of what was and what has led up to this, or give scenarios, my favorite one, honestly, was the CRISPR one. Yeah, yeah. When you were talking about your We're dad, talking about my dad, yeah. and like, can you? Would you go back in time and yeah, take out the spina bifida that he had, or fix it um, with gene editing? And that's yeah, that's that's just a, I think a really really cool. That's episode eight, by the way. Yep. So, anyways. Um, Thanks for your interest. This is, continues to grow. What's kind of fun is, and I, I forget this, every, every, every week we, we, we are not like stat snobs. I know there. sometimes <laughs> you're a podcaster, you go and you're like, oh, what is this daily, daily Ref- download? Refresh, refresh. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Yeah. That's not us. We do have a system where we go in every week and at least look at it and see what's going on if not write down what's going on at that snapshot in time of our total downloads. Um, we do not, well, how do I say this? It's not a massive amount of people right now. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. But the cool part is, is it's growing. Yeah. And by, to be honest, if we look at percentages, it's going growing pretty fast. It so, is. And we think, again, listeners like you totally. guys. Thank you. That stuck That's, with us. That and, is, a, yeah, I mean... We're excited, and uh, we hope you are too. So yeah, so let's talk a little bit about some of the updates that um, yeah. that we have. Um, so the first one, I think we we're going to talk about AI, right? Yeah, this is the AI episodes number six and number seven, the search for artificial intelligence, part one and part two. These were um, these are very highly highly downloaded episodes, uh, part two especially, and that's part one is a little bit more research and some of the. Yeah current state and part two is where the future was um anyways what's going on with ai surge well um we keep hearing more and more about it like we like we mentioned we we're gonna hear um i think we're gonna hear about new systems new uh techniques one thing that kind of stuck out to me as i was looking uh for some some updated material was ai can now theoretically predict autism in baby brain scans. Which 
<clears throat> is is good. I mean, it's, it's it's cool and slightly scary, but it's also really cool because this is this is remember a baby is developing. Yeah, right. It's yeah. this isn't like our brain to like oh yeah totally you have a, I mean this is like yeah that's just so, crazy to me. It, so like yeah so according to the article here, um, basically the first signs of autism can appear in early childhood. So, um. You can start seeing some of these signs, but it's really difficult to to predict and really difficult to estimate, you know, at a certain de- level of uh, accuracy, I guess, if uh, the, the kid or the, the person will have autism. And so um, right now they have a questionnaire of 12 uh, of some questions and, and uh, at 12 months. So they ask the parents some questions. Oh, at 12 months. Yeah. Wow. Which, I mean... Again, you if you're even being asked that question, does that give you a bias? Like, well, do you actually look out? Like, if they're asking a specific mm-hmm. question, do you actually look out and find that situation? Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, University of North Carolina researchers developed a deep learning algorithm that can predict autism in babies with a relatively high 81% accuracy. 81% accuracy. That's, I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Um, and that number probably will climb more and more. And essentially what uh, what they've done is they feed brain scans to this AI, this machine learning, and then the algorithm takes a look at that for, and looks for, for three factors. So the brain surface area, uh, its volume, and the child's gender. So because boys are actually more likely to have autism. Did you know that? I actually think I maybe did know yeah. that. Um so, um, it could figure out the telltale signs within about six months on the surface area of the brain. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, does that comfort you as a parent? I don't know. Or does that? That actually does bring up some interesting, you know, like you maybe okay, maybe you're seeing some signs already and you're like, okay, I need to get my child tested. Yeah. Does that comfort you to know earlier that they have autism or does that just bring up the panic more and bring up kind of the helplessness more, you know, like you and I both have kids and I can't even imagine, yeah, you know, being told at six months, you know, Ben or Brady or, right, you know, some of your other kids are like, hey, we're detecting autism and that's... You know, that's, I don't know about that one. That's a, that's a hard one to actually figure out what you'd want in that scenario. Yeah. I mean, we are coming at it from not necessarily having it. I don't, I can't even, I don't even have that in my extended family. Um, but, uh, I, that's hard. Yeah. That's hard to imagine. Uh, in some senses, I think it would give you. I think it would some be, comfort. I think it would. It would give some comfort, and honestly, I think it would be. Um, it's going to be a shock no matter what, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, and it's going to be a life change no matter what. So yeah. I actually think that maybe that would be a good thing. Um, I lean. I probably lean towards that. I mean, yep. it's it's still it's probably more like a sixty forty to me. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, again, folks, you know, we're hearing more about AI. Um, I think you had a you had a story about uh, 
AI versus AI. Yeah, Google is currently <laughs> uh, doing some AI versus AI right now. It's awesome. Um, which, hey, future breakdown on episode two. I did talk about down the road AI wars. You did. Yes, you did. So good catch. Kind of a kind of a beginning. Actually, that make that, that's exciting and also like whoa. Okay, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, I, that's that's good stuff. Um, how, what Google's doing here is they're testing some things out to see if AI will work with other AI in certain scenarios when it comes to games. Okay. In game format. So some games, um, if you work with each other, and I think we've all played some games where it's kind of like, all right, let's work with each other until the very last, you know, whatever, few turns or something like that. It's trying to see, it, will it do that type of thing. The Leroy Jenkins one? Ah, uh, <laughs> the popular game like Settlers of Catan, you know, you're, yeah. you're working with each other. What your interest and my interest, if they work together, let's work together, right? Type yeah. So, and then you kind of diverge and you kind of diverge from each other. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So it's it'll be interesting to see some of the results of that down the road. Um. So yeah, AI. I think even in the last episode we talked about electronic storage war, electric storage wars. The thing there is just to note that one of the things that we I think we talked about this is. AI is being used by some of these researchers for batteries just to discover yeah. what materials they can use for better storage. Yeah. Uh, which is one thing I've noticed significantly is the AI is being used to do the research before they start making the experiments. Yeah. Which uh, is it's, helping it's, out. It's a part a of the experiments then too, but to prior to it's going like, look at the data, tell us what you see, and then let's move forward. So... Anyways, I thought that was that's kind of where AI seems to be currently uh, yeah. involved in right now. Um, transportation. So this was in the Need for Speed episode nine, where we talked a lot about some of the mass transportation things with Hyperloop, Maglev. But uh, you don't know Maglev. Maglev is this uh, train that it, well technology on a tr- that's being used in a train in Japan. That uh, the train can go crazy fast. Like 300, 350 miles an hour. Yeah. Something like that. 325, something like that, yeah. And it levitates, by the way. Yeah, it levitates. So it's a, it's kind of a smooth a smooth ride. You're not going over like rails and, you know, if there's a divot or bump in the track, yeah. you don't feel that. Um, it's, it's a much more smoother ride. Uh, I noticed this. I think we both noticed this. Yep. When... Uh, Japan's, I forget, is it Prime Minister? Uh, yeah. Prime Minister came. Shinzo Abe. Shinzo Abe. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, came, came here to America. I met with Trump. Uh, during their press conference together, he brought the train up. He did. And, yes. uh, the, especially when talking about the infrastructure type bill that we know that Trump is maybe working on. Uh, that would that's we're really intrigued by that like if if and when that passes i know there's some talk about utilizing some train technology stuff into that so what does that mean i don't i don't know but yeah um from what i understand um uh japan has wanted to invest in the u.s like rail um, market, I guess. Well, they're or, kind of leaders right now, right? Yeah. Well, they wanted to invest even when when uh, Obama was president. Yeah. So, 
back then they they were proposing to give us like a lot of technology for free essentially yeah, that's right yeah they would give us the technology yeah that's right and we talked about this in episode one actually in the intro we, we did we kind of diverge to one. trains we we just got too excited you know <laughs> but and I mean, maybe this is one thing that we hope can happen will happen with you guys is but listening to the podcast and then all of a sudden you're looking at some of the things you see on tv you have a much bigger context mm-hmm. than than before. That was yeah. one of the biggest things that happened when, uh, since we started this podcast. I'll just say that happened for me is when I hear people talk about certain things on on the news or something like that. I have a much better context for what they're talking about. And Japan's thing was really enlightening. To yeah. Me, so, so like I was reading a little bit on the um, Asia Times website. They had a they had a article about this meeting and. Um, what they're proposing is to invest uh, $150 billion, Japan is, into the U.S. public and uh, using pri- public and private funds over the next 10 years. And so the, some of that money is really looking to uh, jumpstart high-speed rail development. And, you know, Abe talked about, well, what if we do a, a maglev from D.C. to Boston or D.C. to New York? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and we, we've talked about that there, the Cello Express already exists there, which is which is our current highest speed rail um, line in the U.S., which is like 100, I think the max is like 150 miles an hour. So this would this would jump over that significantly, 300-something plus miles an hour. Um, but the interesting thing was Texas and California. We know California is also building a a traditional um, high-speed rail, mm-hmm. which is going to go about 150 miles an hour as well. Um, but they're looking to invest into Texas. And so I started digging a little bit. Um, and the, the second part of our big, big part of that uh, episode on uh, the need for speed was the Hyperloop. And right. if, yeah, if you remember, the Hyperloop is this Fifth mode of trans fifth mode of transportation that Elon Musk proposed, which is basically a a tube that carries a car in there or a what am I help me out here to Peter. I want to say a cylinder to be honest yeah it's a, it's a it's a tunnel essentially or a tube like you said tube yeah it's like a, it's a tube. cylinder that's containing this and it's it's at a near vacuum so um whatever you put in there there's there's really not much resistance no. and so they have these um these cars that go in there and and you're able to um they're like train cars and you're able to then speed them through at like 600 miles an hour 700 i mean it's it's crazy fast yeah insane yeah. speed and so i found this uh, this uh company called transonic transonic transportation and so what they're advertising is San Antonio to Austin in 15 minutes. So straight shoot. Um, I know right now it takes quite a lot longer than 15 minutes, you know, even just due to the traffic and, you know, that's a really highly traveled area right. of Texas. And so, I mean, that's kind of cool that they're, that they're working on that and they're looking to implement it by 2026. So, I mean, we're looking, we're looking at about 10 years away to start seeing some of these hyperloop um, concepts come to life, I would say. Yeah. And there's other ones that we've talked about in that episode. And so they're, um, they're, 
they're keeping on moving forward with with their with their developments but well <clears throat> outside of texas now we can say that more south it's interesting to note here that there's not a lot of stuff about the midwest yeah where it would be really i think beneficial in the midwest area if you could do a um I mean, a lot of different things, a lot of towns come to mind. But if we were to touch top major cities, take a, um, a Twin Cities to, or Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota to a Chicago. Yeah. Or something like or that. Or to Kansas City. Or Kansas City. Yeah. Um, especially if you could even hop on some little sections in between. That would be, that would sh- that would change the game pretty quickly in the Midwest, I think. For, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah, hop on to Omaha or something like that. Yeah. The the one thing that I think we have going for us in the Midwest here is we have the open space, right? We don't have the the population density that that we need, but we have that open open space that we can we can build a bunch of tubes and tunnels and whatever right. we need to do, and and just do it. You know, and not have to worry about, well, we got to go through a mountain well, and all that stuff. that's the thing that Dakotas is, like, it's just kind of flat until you reach the Black Hills section of, of a little right. bit of South Dakota, North Dakota. Yeah. And there's a part of it that's like, well, I'd love to have a cool train from here to Rapid City. But I realize that you first want to start in the bigger populations. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And then, additionally, the whole thing with... um, Just logistically... I mean, right now in South Dakota, the speed limit is 80 miles an hour on the interstate. Which is awesome, by Which the is way. R- pretty high. Yeah. And so you can clip clip across the, the, the state legally in your car at a pretty decent rate. Yeah. Which also helps support the tax bill. So anyways, <laughs> um, infrastructure. There we go. Right. So, it's, it's, so do you think we'll see, and, and you and I talked about this, I mean, this is diverging a tiny bit here but um president trump said that he would like to i think he said what one trillion dollars right one trillion one trillion dollars investing in the infrastructure right and your your and i question is where's that money coming from and in a way like speaking for myself you know i'm 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 for more of a limited government and like you know that's a lot of money to invest in infrastructure, but it, but in the sense, like, why, why, why not? Yes, let's totally invest right, money into infrastructure. We, we, it doesn't matter your viewpoint. Like that should be, I don't know. That to me, at least, that should be a function of the government. Is we're collecting all, we're collecting all these taxes now. Let's make the roads good. Let's make the trains fast. You know, let's make, let's make everything better in terms of where we're at with our infrastructure. Yeah. No, if there's one thing I've always been happy to pay taxes for. Yeah. There is, you go. is to help is to help pay for infrastructure improvements and maintenance because everybody uses the road system, everybody uses the transportation system. Um and I even understand listen, you might not use the interstate like maybe this area of the country does. But yeah, you use some of the metro lines or something yep. like that yep. that needs infrastructure. So, um, yeah. Anyways, transportation. Yeah. Updates on that. Um, CRISPR search. Sounds delicious. 
It does. <laughs> no, CRISPR is not. CRISPR is, CRISPR is a gene editing tool. Yes. That um, it's interesting that two parties, two kind of different uh, parties behind this were, were working on it. One was for... Episode 8, by the way. Yeah. Episode 8. Second most listened to episode, right? The, that one and the AI battle okay. for first. Battle for first. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, if you guys remember, we talked about there was this patent dispute with um, with two parties and two, two particular people. Um, and I'm going to pull up the... I think it's uh, Fang Zhao. Um, is is the is the researcher that's from MIT? Okay. And then we also have Jennifer Dudna. She's the researcher from Berkeley. And so Berkeley and Jennifer they created they essentially figured out what CRISPR really is. Right. However, they didn't quite put together the application, the real life application to using this technology. And so Feng Zhao from MIT, they started working on CRISPR as well. And they put together a really robust, they basically made it to what, what we know it as what we know it as now. And there was a, there was a court, uh, like a patent dispute on this whole CRISPR thing. Um, and we, we finally got our decision, uh, yeah, we <laughs> we we found out that Jennifer Dodna, Dudna and uh Berkeley have essentially lost the the rights or the battle to to call CRISPR their own and to some of the to some of the patent patents that they're trying to hold on that which by the way uh, there, I understand a little bit of that because, well, I don't know. I know, I know this is, I know this is hard, hard for a lot of people. Yeah. It's hard, it's a hard to figure who should technically win on this thing. But let's be truthful. Duna and Berkeley seem to have came up with the idea. And I've watched a lot of Duna's talks on this. Yeah. Um, and I've always appreciated her thought. But if, if in, if in all tr- truthfulness, Berkeley actually made like made it work like you can come up with the idea but if you actually make it work you mean mit made it work excuse me yeah Yeah. um yeah i I gotta correct it's it's uh his his name is feng zhang feng zhang feng zhang yep yeah so exactly they they made it work in a sense that um and also just looking at the patent trial the board the the patent board um granted and ruled that Zhang's patent claims do not interfere with those put forth by Dudna um, and they allowed his patents to stand. So I don't think this is over quite yet, Peter. <laughs> We're going to see probably an appeal. Um, yeah, I totally see an appeal coming on this one because this this means a lot. One of the things that we looked at is the licensing yeah, the licensing alone of this technology, like so, if you're going to do make this a business for yourself, and you go to 
um, Zhang and be like, hey, yeah. we'd like to use the license. $225 million, some of the estimates. Oh, yeah. That the license it's, is worth. It's big business. License. Not even the product, the license. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so like just one more one more thing on that is uh, Dudna and her team were the first to show that the CRISPR system could be used to alter uh, genes in prokaryotic cells. Don't really know what those are. Um, we'll find out quick. <laughs> uh, but Zhang... Uh, He's the biologist at MIT. They were able to basically prove that CRISPR could be altered to uh, to to al- could alter genes in eukaryotic cells, which are the types of cells that are in plants and animals. So, oh, yeah. I think what happened was the they were sh- they were showing that CRISPR could be used at a more real world application, again in plants, humans. And that's really the, the exciting thing about CRISPR is we can start going in there and start editing some of these bad malfunctions in the genes and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's not quite over. We might have one more update on, on CRISPR for you guys, at least when it comes to this uh, patent dispute. But um, in general, again, we're seeing more and more talk about CRISPR. And you'll probably hear more about it yourself in the news. And Yep. Um, Especially now that somebody kind of has been given some authority and what to do with it. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Don't, don't ad block me, bro. Don't ad block me. <laughs> so ad block me, bro. This is actually one that was started out getting a fair amount of downloads. Uh, episode number four. Um, ad blockers. And we wanted to bring this up because this is a really big human behavior thing right now of people downloading and utilizing ad blockers on their computers. Um, and this, we thought this would be a good episode to talk about at the time because I myself, we, we, work, we work in kind of the marketing world, uh, but Surge comes from a U, UI, user... UX, user UX, experience. Excuse me, user experience. U, UX experience, and I am a full-blown marketer. Uh, so I see the value of ads and I also understand that this is a thing that is changing consistently. And right now we're in a very big change in the online advertising world because people want, don't like the ads on things. And I will admit there are some sites that are just completely obnoxious uh, that's an episode where we talked. We both looked at each other and said, "Forbes, Forbes, <laughs> Forbes is just totally obnoxious. It's the worst. Quite honestly, though, it's good content, but it's 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 terrible. Absolutely, yeah, good content. Things like the Los Angeles Times. We were pulling this up because we. Oh my goodness, he just folks. He just got a pop up ad on LA Times. I can't. Ex- you have to click continue reading oh. and do not receive headlines. See now, now they're getting. They're getting cute with their uh, their X button or the close buttons, but yeah, this this article we're reading, what does it have like? So this article ads? on CRISPR has got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. By the way, there was eleven and twelve that I X'd off of already. Right. Um. 
13. 13 banner ads. Like, that, that's, that is kind of obnoxious to me. And I will admit, I'm a guy who has does banner ads. But I don't... They have ads on here that are the same thing. Like, not... Duplicated, yeah. I, and, huh? They're just duplicated. They're duplicated. Which, there's a part of me that understands why that is, but there's a part of me that says... But they're not like they're not their dads are not different than each other. So, anyways, yeah. long story short, this is continuing to increase. And what was this article that you were? Yeah, this um, this article that I pulled up here was um, just a. Again, we're going to see this probably more and more. But ad blocker usage surged thirty percent. Surged, <laughs> get it? Surged. Oh boy, terrible. Surged thirty percent in twenty sixteen, according to a new report from PageFair. Uh, I guess they help their company that helps publisher regain revenue lost to uh, the software. So this company put together a a report. Um, There's about 615 million devices blocking ads worldwide by the end of 2016. So about 62% of those were mobile, which was kind of crazy because, you know, Apple has... Um, Allowed, I guess, uh, content blockers on their on the They're iPhone. Ad blockers. Let's be honest. They're ad blockers, totally. Um, and I think we'll see probably more from from Google, possibly, or even, mm. maybe, maybe not. See, the problem is, is, and we talked about this. That there's so many. There's com- so many companies right now that rely on advertising for their revenue. One of those is Google specifically, and. Uh, the, the banner ads, especially, um, I want to say Google is 90%. At yeah. one point, Google was 90% ad supported. That's a, That was their model. They've since begun to change it a little bit. There are things now where you can go to sites and you can pay for a yearly subscription or monthly subscription. But at the end of the day, it's a pain. Um, that problem is you're trying to convince people to go from something that they used to get for free right to pay for it right and when there's not any additional value added in many cases yeah so like i myself pay for youtube red Mm -hmm. and that was that's something where i i help support the content creators and honestly i get something additional perks from google because i do that right Whereas a lot of these other things are just yeah, issues. Anyways. And I think that makes sense, Peter. So YouTube Red, I mean, you're not looking at one type of YouTube video. You're not looking at like, I don't know, political videos or no. design videos or whatever. You're looking at every video on YouTube. Any kind of video. Right. Whereas the model for for new sites, let's just say, I read a couple different new sites all the time. Can you imagine paying ten bucks a month for each new site? Right. Who's going to do that? Nobody's going to do that. That's no. crazy. So, is it? Is the next iteration of this? Is it? And I'm just really making this up here, but it sounds kind of good. Maybe. Is it? We have a central repository like a news app, like for example, Apple Apple News. Mm-hmm. Great app. And you just pay a dollar ninety nine a month, and you get access to all the news sources, 
commercial free or, or advertisement free, you know, and maybe, maybe that's the, that's the model going forward. I don't know. Cause that, that changes it different. That changes it up because now you can have not just the, um, the one, you know, not just your local newspaper, but you could have LA times, New York times, whatever, wall street journal, whatever you you want, you want to read. Yeah. I don't know if that's the answer. I don't think it is. I mean, just, it, it sounds, it sounds good, but how do you share the revenue and yeah, you know, it, it probably would have to be like a Spotify music subscription where you, you're paying like 10 bucks a month mm-hmm. and you get access to all these and then somehow they make revenue and maybe it's per click or maybe it's per, I don't know, but I'm just thinking out loud here. Like there's probably a, there's, there's an answer there somewhere. We just don't know what that is quite yet. And I don't think the publishers know yet themselves what the answer is. No. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Head All blockers. right. Head blockers. Right to repair. This was episode number, I want to say two. Yes. Yes. Yep. Episode number two. So at the time, um, we were talking about how John Deere and um, a car company were looking at ways to, like, proprietary rights to repair your vehicle. So even though you purchased your vehicle, or in John Deere's situation, you purchased a tractor or a combine uh, for farming, you could not repair your vehicle. It was um, something that a certified technician would need to come out and do. You couldn't even look under the hood in some cases, In right? some cases, yeah. Uh, this is a very... I feel like it's, it's, it's complicated no matter how you look at it. Um, as a owner of vehicles, yeah, there's a part of me that says, sure, I don't like, I mean, I, I like to have all the doodads and all that type of stuff, but I mean, if I want to do fix it myself, I want to fix it myself and, or I want to be able to bring it to somebody who I want to fix it. Um, that seems to be kind of somewhat of a, you know, a, a, nat- a natural right in one sense, at the same time, and this is where it's kind of a struggle, when you're dealing with this now more and more, like think about think of the future with automated cars, electric cars, combines. These combines and tractors are GPS driven. Like they, they don't necessarily even completely need a human necessarily to be in there. I mean, they do, but um, I know many friends who are farmers that just say, yeah, we kind of just... We just kind of chill while yeah. we're up there. Um, we make sure to look out for certain things, but otherwise, the, it's driving itself. And so, problem is, is let's say something seems wrong with the engine. The guy goes out and tries to f- fix it, uh, does something unintentionally, and this is the argument. Well, now they're out there and they're you know with these massive and very expensive machines. And it doesn't function properly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe there's even a safety switch that somehow gets actually turned off. I'm kind of spitballing there. But there's there's certain things there that are, in in my opinion, I understand some of the things of we're trying to protect the end consumer. Uh, 
it's still difficult because that protection is a premium. Uh, to, so if if something breaks down, you've got to go out now fix it. Well, now you have to have a certified technician come out and get it. Well, how much does that cost? It's going to cost a lot of money. And if you're a farmer and it's harvest season, you don't have time to wait around for somebody okay. to come out and fix it. You're working until 11 at night. You're working until 11 at night. We yeah. need to get things going right away. So yeah. there's some there's some roadblocks there that need to be addressed at some point in time. Anyways, all that, straight, all that, all that being said, there are currently five states that are considering bills to legalize the right to repair electronics, which this goes hand-in-hand with not just vehicles, but honestly, a lot of things, including things like your phone. Uh, so the the five states are... I know many, Minnesota was one of them. Yeah. yeah. Where'd I go? So it looks like it's Minnesota, Nebraska... Um, Oh, New York, Massachusetts, and Kansas. And additionally, repair bills were introduced into Wyoming. That Wyoming bill is one that, or no, not Wyoming, Nebraska. The Nebraska bill is one that Apple is looking to actually try to go against. So the right to repair bills are basically saying, okay, you own this device, you have the right to repair it. That's what those bills are essentially saying. Um and Apple currently is looking to maybe oppose this uh, right to repair legislation. So, yeah, we don't have any necessarily confirmations of what's going to happen there yet. But it's interesting to note that that those are that's actually bills that are getting passed because once those start getting passed or not passed, what will happen then with other states? Um, because this is going to become more and more of a thing, especially when when we talk with like propriety things with AI and. Yeah. Um, technology so. well because my question is okay now these some of these bills would essentially require the company to provide like repair shops and access to service manuals and even parts well how up to date is a part on your on your cell phone you know it's yeah. obsolete within two three years and now you've got a three-year-old phone you want to repair the let's say the motherboard who knows if they still make them yeah, you, you know what I mean, and so then I think it just opens up a Pandora's box of well, now you know now I need to do this, and and you're going to end up spend, spending more money just to repair the phone or whatever whatever gadget you're looking to repair, than actually just in some cases buying the new one. It's not. I mean, you're not going to throw away a tractor if it breaks down, right? But for something like a phone, which the tech is just exponentially changing so quickly that right. I don't know. It, it seems like a right. hard Well, that was actually one of the things with the the producers is we need to be able to, to update these systems. Yeah. So, and I think that's a very legitimate uh, concern. Uh, yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see, interesting to see what happens there. We, I have a neighbor here, um, in the area, who is um, a cell phone repair guy? Yeah, and, you mentioned that. Yeah, and I think that's that'll be interesting to see. You know, depending on how this, there's no legislation in our state currently, but you know, if if Apple's attempts to say no, you can't do this, does that change the game for him down the road? Theoretically, we'll see. We will. We will see. Yeah. All right, man. 
That's kind of it, right? That's kind of it. That's kind of it. We're going to stop at the updates. Uh, no future breakdown on this one, just because we kind of gave the updates and you can hear some of our future breakdowns on them, unless you have something that... I predict we're going to see more things in the future. Okay, there you go. <laughs> no, but seriously, we're going to see... We're going to hear more, more about these things that we're talking about. And again, I think part of our desires to inform everyone and 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 help you help you understand some of these really technical and difficult um and detailed really things like crispr like right. ai you know and, and and we come from a we come from a midwest perspective so we, we talk about this all the time we're not on the coast we're not on you know in, in silicon valley or or in new york and you know we have just a little bit of a different perspective and we we deal with we deal with different uh, applications of some of these technologies. And so um, we hope you enjoy that. We hope that gives you a different thought as well on, on, on some of these things. Um, and don't get us wrong. We both love technology. Like, yeah, totally. We're early adopters. Not, yeah. You know, so um, I'm excited. We're going to have a lot of great stuff with, even with the podcast there's a couple of announcements that we have just kind of in the hopper here, mm-hmm. in the hapa, and like, sorry, I had to, I just had to say it that way, um, and so, be in the lookout for that. Uh, we're, we're always looking to improve our show, and again, if you have any, um, if you have any ideas and and different things that you'd like us to talk about, maybe there's something that's you know kind of difficult to to really parse together or you know pull it pull it apart and so we'd love to maybe do an episode on that uh, maybe some kind of attack or things like that so agreed yeah yes as always you can go to futurebreak.net and check out our latest episodes um or some of these previous episodes obviously that we just talked about um and or go to itunes uh, subscribe and you can see uh, the list of episodes we have going on there um, where else can they reach us? Yeah, you can reach us at Twitter. Uh, we are at Future Break Pod, P-O-D. And same with uh, on Facebook, we're at Future Break. Um, and also, yeah, like, like Peter said, you know, subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a rating. And we really appreciate um, all that you you guys are supporting us with your, with your downloads. And um, we're working on an email list that's going to be coming out soon as well so yep. please subscribe to our email um and we can get you some really good insider knowledge or some more information and um we're, we're looking at maybe doing a blog too yep so get some more details out and and put some things in perspective indeed indeed all right everybody thanks for listening this week we'll see you again next week have a magical day take care